Welcome to the 36th meeting of Junto Club. We're back after an extended break due to holiday travel, illness, and moving. I start out with a rusty introduction before we move on to talk about learning from someone who knows, the launch of the James Webb Telescope, Betty White, and making classic cars electric. Our main topic is on sports and society. We discuss how sports can have a profound role in shaping identity and invite you to worship at the altar of some of the country's best franchises. We end on an unnecessarily depressing note to ring in the new year. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Junto Club. All right, welcome to the, what is it? 36th. 36th meeting of Junto Club. Oh my June- gosh. I, I'm fucking up already. All right. Yes, you so, are. Right. Damn. Junto Club is a meeting between us three, Matt, Shu, and myself, Michael. We are three friends from a PhD program, and this was created to mirror Benjamin Franklin's Junto Club, which was a meeting between friends to better themselves. And uh, they better themselves by discussing philosophy, science, politics, and anything else that interested them to better understand themselves and the world around them. So we do that in memory of the original Junto Club. And Shu starts every episode with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. So Shu, take it away. All right. And today's quote is uh, another one that's kind of confusing me a little. And the quote is, quote, Learn of the skillful, and he that teaches himself hath a fool for his master. End quote. Is that semicolon or called semicolon, right? Learn of the skillful, semicolon? That's a full colon. That's a colon? Okay, skillful, colon. (laughs) And then he that teaches himself hath a fool for his master. All right, I think this one's actually pretty straightforward. Oh, really? He's just saying, he's basically saying if you don't have a master, someone to teach you, it's the equivalent to having a fool for a master. Basically saying, teaching yourself mm-hmm. is going to make you bad. You should have someone learn from people with expertise, you know, who studied it, done it longer. Mm-hmm. It's okay. interesting. <laughs> yeah. And in, in general, I, I mean, I agree. I wouldn't, since it's a little harsh, because I think you can teach yourself most things. Um, mm, I mean, yeah. I think teaching yourself does run the risk of you like missing something or developing a bad habit or something like there's, there's always the chance where someone with more experience might've been able to help smooth out the process, but I don't think it's that bad to be fair though. This was a very different time. And <laughs> when Benjamin Franklin said this, it was much harder to get resources to teach yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe, Maybe what he was implying wouldn't even, because we think of teaching yourself now as like, oh, I'll go on YouTube, right? And watch right. like an in-detailed guide. But in a sense, that is kind of someone else teaching you anyway. So mm, Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And that was my thinking too, was like, yeah, in his time, you literally like needed to seek out like a master in person. Like it was like an apprentice and a master. Now it's like, yeah, you can mook your way to knowing things pretty well. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That could never. Yeah. That that make a lot of sense now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in the quote, it's quite straightforward. Actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> I guess I have to learn from you guys to to understand this. So. <laughs> were you Were you overcomplicating it, trying to like? No, I guess yeah, I, like, I, I I just because I, I said, oh, I mean, a lot of people teach themselves, right? So I mean, so it's not really a big problem like nowadays, as you mentioned. So yeah, that, I think that kind of confused me. Is that I feel like okay, you. You know, people like a lot of people are self-taught, right? So, yeah. Well, the resources now are, yeah. you know, ten thousand times more. Like then, like what well, your option was to go to a library, mm-hmm. and then like unless it's a big topic, there probably wouldn't even be a book on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, what are you doing? Just literally figuring everything out for yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's inefficient. You can self-taught, but it's inefficient because uh, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. It's better to learn it from other people. Uh, they, they already go through the mistakes already. Now you save yourself a lot of time. Yeah. 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 Well, that's uh, for the cognitive science qualifying exam. That was mm. one of the uh, one of the books we had to read was about like like how humans are the uh, dominant species because like essentially because we're we're good at teaching each other like not only Uh, like the appropriate use of tools but like why we use those tools for different things so like because they talk about like how chimpanzees and like in like higher order prime different higher order primates will like they'll like see like other um animals like using tools in certain ways like using sticks to get bugs from holes or something like that but there isn't necessarily like the intent like or i mean at this time this is an older book so maybe there are examples of monkeys doing this now but like there isn't necessarily the same like teaching passing down of knowledge like and wisdom that human like the perspective taking isn't as strong yeah i've heard that before where like like obviously we're smarter than other primates right but the idea is like we're not that much smarter individually but we're able to share and build upon that knowledge which like kind of accumulates to a ridiculous degree to make you know this massive difference where it's not even like in the same realm you know right they're still like swinging sticks and we have cell phones so right it allows us to evolve like on like what's is it historical time or like you know like evolve over generations as opposed to like evolve as a species (laughs) so yeah also, I like how you couldn't just be like, I read a book. You had to be like, at the cognitive science qualifying exam. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a humble brag. It was literally me being like, this probably isn't something I would have read on my own. Like, there <laughs> was, was a qualifying exam like, for your PhD? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Cognitive science. Okay. All right. Well, sure. Well, we I understand. Mike has context. to remind the audience. To be yeah. To be fair, like, like cognitive to to do the color qualifying, you only really need to take like three classes on cognitive science, right? Yeah. So, no, it's not. It's not impressive. I'm not, as I said, <laughs> it's, it, it was more the shared context, and it mm-hmm. was more the uh, that I would probably not have read that book had I not yeah. mm-hmm. strongly advised to for this test. Mm. I just wanted to poke fun at you. It's okay. No, I I appreciate. I'll own it. I'll own it. (laughs) All right. So yeah. So Ben Franklin predicted primate evolution. That's what we got from this. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He's the man. He understood it. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So many um, topics. We're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. How's how's the CrossFit training for you, Mike? Going. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I mean, I I enjoy like I, I more so than I would have expected. 
Mm. I enjoy training in groups. Just because mm, yeah. you do get like that, I don't want to look too too pathetic. So you do get that extra burst of yeah, energy exactly. and adrenaline and strength. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And I mean, I like sort of the more dynamic Olympic style lifting. It's it's fun. I mean, yeah. it it is. Uh, like I feel like I enjoy all types of lifting more when I have to be incredibly focused on form. just because like it's it's almost like you're distracting yourself from the pain by like focusing Mm. on like am i doing this right yeah yeah and yeah short workouts are nice so hold on do you do you do strict pull-ups are you doing the like those crossfitty like whoosh pull-ups so they teach uh, uh, they uh, so actually at my previous gym they did more kipping pull-ups but like at the crossfit they seem to be moving more towards uh, like there is some stuff with the kipping swing but yeah there's there are they do do strict pull-ups as well yeah yeah and they yeah. alternate sometimes a lot depends on the class sometimes if you want to go for speed right but but i think a lot of people and i realize actually is a uh, very injury prone like to do kipping pull-ups right you get so fast your shoulder is get injured over the, especially for beginners right Right. Yeah. Even yeah. even though you just make it easier, right? You make it feel good that you can do so many pull ups, but you know, it actually is bad for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. I mean I when it comes to the dynamics, I uh try to take it like somewhat easy. I mean, when it comes to like cleans and stuff, I feel like I'm getting down, you know, the yeah hip pop and all that. But mm. the kipping swing is yeah, I I I do try to be cognizant of my shoulder so that's good yeah so but no it's it's fun yeah so. okay sounds good uh, i guess uh before we uh there's one more thing i talk about i was thinking about covid recently and then there's a theory like what do, matt do you know the like what's the probability of individual getting covid like what's the chance like any yeah, I guess it was the probability. Now, is it probably like uh, one in one hundred, or like you know, one percent of getting COVID? Uh I don't know. What haven't we had? Like, how many cases have we had in the U.S.? What about what about dying from COVID? Like, what's the back in I'm the day? You can you think about the be- beginning, right? What's the chance of dying from COVID? Is one in a million, one in a thousand? I think probably more like one in a thousand. Okay, based on the deaths, mm. maybe one in ten thousand. So, We've had over 50 million cases in the U.S., you know, with like 350 million people. So that's like one, on one in seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now have had like COVID, maybe so, more. Yeah. Maybe so, yeah. So, Matt, uh, my, I guess uh, when you, I think we talked about you getting COVID before. So was when you get a shot, like fruit, not like, get a vaccine, like, do you feel anything? Uh, I've. No, I mean, nothing. I mean, my arm was sore. So, I mean, I get the booster literally today. So I can, I'm, but I, that's going to be the results of that are going to be a little bit conflated because I'm getting flu at the same time. <laughs> and I actually have sort of felt shitty after getting the flu shot. But, oh, but well, the first shot, and I went first shot, vaccine. Did you no, feel anything? No, oh, literally okay. the first shot, I had a sore arm. The second shot was almost a zero. Like, I didn't even really get that sore of an arm. Okay, okay. Never mind then. You kind of, my theory is that if you, you, like, if you feel, if you get your vaccine and you didn't feel anything, 
you probably even when you get your COVID, you probably won't feel anything. But I guess you'll you'll feel pretty bad when you have COVID, right? Well, I mean, I felt I had a pretty significant or substantial cough. Like oh, was, just cough, that was the yeah. symptom. Yeah. So oh, like okay. honestly, like I didn't feel that bad. Maybe a little bit tired and a cough. So, mm, but okay. like yeah, you, and the cough was. Like, I, I mean, I'm guessing just based on the time I had it and the fact that I was, you know, when I get the vaccine that, like, I had Delta. So at least for Delta, there was a very distinct sound to my cough. I've never had, like, a cough like okay. that sounded like that before. It was like, a, it almost like had a horn, like a mm. horn sound. <laughs> now I kind of <laughs> wish I heard it, but... <laughs> so yeah it was it was an interesting cough and it, it it was a heavy cough to the point where it like you know like i probably like got a little bit of a bruise in my chest or something but yeah so but yeah that was yeah. basically it <laughs> yeah anyway it sounds like the society turning to war like okay everybody's gonna have covid anyway so it's like back to normal it's gonna be a new normal right that's like yeah it's, it's gonna be a night flu basically right so the, what the technical term is endemic, where it's endemic. just okay. around. Endemic. Yeah, it's just yeah. around, and we live with it. You yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think probably at least for a few more years, masks will be pretty typical in indoor spaces, and uh, yeah, and people will actually like, as opposed to the flu shot, which I feel like a lot of people didn't get they may more regularly get like a seasonal shot so mm-hmm. sounds good all right let's get into the mini topic one the mini topic have you guys heard about uh, do you guys have any topics you want to talk, talk about like any news stuff that you find interesting recently well, i'll bring one thing up have y'all been oh, yeah. watching the james webb telescope stuff a little or seeing the news on it oh no i no? haven't heard anything i feel like <laughs> you i haven't heard anything but... about this no <laughs> It's like the it's like the next best Hubble. All right, so let me. Well, talk I've about heard it a James. Bit. Well, I've heard of James oh. Webb, but I didn't hear any. Yeah, so the, so there's the James Webb Telescope, like launched. Was it like a week ago or something like that? Mm. Uh, and it's basically going to be like a super Hubble, but like there's a bunch of things that are different about it. Um, first of all, it's not orbiting the Earth. They're like sending it off somewhere in like kind of out from the Earth and the Sun to like orbit in some spot that's going to, you know, be far away so that it gets better readings. Right. And it's much larger. Um, it's going to have like a much larger mirror array to collect light. And it's going to be more, the sensors more focused on infrared because things that, uh, light that comes really far away is red shifted. So the sensor actually goes into the infrared spectrum to, uh, be able to see more distant stuff because it's really focused on really far things away so it's not trying to check out our corner of this galaxy but like you know look far um and they've been like tweeting about it because it's really big but they had to launch it so they've had this very elaborate unfolding process where like it was like a tube and they put out all these things and they unfolded this giant sun mirror that was like these sheets and stretched them out. And they've been unfolding parts of the actual telescope, the mirrors and the boons and stuff. And so they've been tracking it. And like, obviously having all these mechanical things that have to like move and unfold and lock creates a lot of opportunity for failure. So they've been like talking about like, here's like single points of failure that could happen, like as I get through them. So it's been kind of interesting, but, uh, you know, it's through most of it now. So it's looking pretty good that it's going to be able to 
get to its little spot, uh, you know, get fully operational and give us like the, the best by far, like images of like deep space that we've ever had. Some people mm. are talking about, you know, if there was an intelligent alien civilization that was able to do things that would like significantly change the, their planet or like, you ever hear of the Dyson sphere concept where they start to like, uh, the Dyson sphere is this theoretical thing where you kind of wrap your star of your solar system to like collect energy from it. Cause the idea is like an advanced civilization would move from collecting energy from their planet to collecting it directly from the star. The mm-hmm. idea is this would actually be able to detect some of that stuff. So some people are like, oh, you know, better chance that if there's like an advanced, you know, space, like an advanced civilization that's like in space already, we'd be able to, to you know, detect them with this. Oh, NASA probably has before more reason- Yeah, I'm sure NASA has much more reasonable goals okay. in terms of like understanding the universe. That's better. But I think, you know, they'll be like, maybe we could detect alien life is more exciting. Nice. So anyway, James Webb Telescope, you can Google it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't realize, like, I knew, I had heard about it when I was probably, like, a kid, because it's been coming for, like, years, but probably I didn't didn't realize they had actually launched it, so that's cool. Oh, really? You have been working for a long time? I'm sure. I mean, it's it's a very big project. Honestly, I didn't hear any, know anything about it until, like, after it launched, and I started seeing stuff, like, pop up online about it, but I'm Ah. sure they've been working on it for a while. Hmm. And uh, you say, uh, Matt, you have a Twitter account? I don't. Oh, you say you, but... you were like, reading Twitter and I they probably yeah, saw stuff, stuff on Twitter. Stuff pop up on the internet from Twitter, right? Around oh, its okay. reference. But they have okay. a Twitter account, you know, mm. along with the website and stuff where they are putting out things as it happens. Yeah. How, 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 how was it launched? Was it launched by NASA itself? I assume so. I didn't look that. <laughs> I didn't look into that. Oh, okay. I was just curious. I did launch my nice SpaceX or other like private uh, launch companies, right? I, I just, I, I just don't. Even, I, I, I thought like NASA doesn't launch anything anymore. So that's true. That's true. Who knows? Maybe the Russians did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Actually, <laughs> you, the Russian used to launch a lot, a lot of stuff for US. So yeah. Anyway, so might you have anything? Not for a mini topic, I guess. I mean, I'm trying to, I guess. Oh, anything annoys you? You know, anything that annoys me. <laughs> the we news. Don't have, we don't have the time. Uh, <laughs> so, but we do. No. No, I mean, I guess like I'm trying to think if there's anything like interesting about like New Year's or any like any interesting new. Uh, like Betty White dying. Are you sad? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but that's that's on a, that's a big news. Is everybody knows about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, what what am I gonna talk talk about that no one knows about? <laughs> Apparently, the James Webb Telescope. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I think I, I, think I remember, and I. He mentioned it on the news, but I just like just passing through me, right? Just like, oh, okay, something got launched and then whatever, and it was talking about briefly in the news, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. No, All there's right. some there's some guy who was on stream talking about Betty White. I saw something where some guy on stream like a week before she died, someone mentioned like something about her, and he was like, Betty White's not going to make it to 2022, and he's <laughs> and he literally she, he was like 
whatever, like December, whatever, whatever day she died. He's like, December that day, he's like, she's done. And then like, they had him later, like, you know, when he found out his, his Twitch chat was like, Betty White died. He's like, you're just messing with me. Right. Like, <laughs> he was like, oh shit, he actually killed her. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, I'm sure people have been predicting her death, you know, a lot the last like 10 years. So, Well, mm-hmm. actually, okay. There was an interesting part of that story that you may or may not know. Um, did you know People Magazine put out, like, Betty White turns a hundred issue before she died? Like, and she- I know they had written it. I didn't know they had published it. Oh, no, it was, like, on, like, I saw it, like, at a store, and I was like, oh, that's bad timing. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, for them, they're probably like, it's gonna sell some money. People are gonna be like, I wanna buy that issue. Yeah. (laughs) Be a collectible item. Yeah, so. Yeah. That That's good. A, uh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just gonna say that is a interesting twist to the story. It's like, why would? Did you, you say you up? saw it? You say you saw it in stores? Oh yeah, I saw it in a store. Yeah. Really? When? After she was dead. So, it was oh, really? like, that's why I took note of it. It was, like if she was still alive, I would have been like, oh, all right. Like, but I was just like, that doesn't make sense. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think oh it could be like turns a hundred today, but so he's already dead, right? I mean right. a lot of people say they can still now a lot of people oh like Benjamin Franklin turns like three hundred years old today, something like that. I don't know. Right, right, no. But I think this was they just jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But I know a lot of like I know I used to like reading like obituaries from like New York Times. They already have good stories, like basically uh, they do a very good job with that obituary section talking about like these people. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I know they they actually they always like prepare these like obituaries before like, people are actually dead. And they do our research. And they call people and try to write it up, prepare for their eventual like <laughs> eventual doom, I guess. Right, right. So when they are actually die, they can the day of they can just publish it right away. Right. Mm. So. Yes, I remember Shu in the lab would have obituaries lying around. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> it was always so uplifting. <laughs> exactly. I hope someone, like, one day walked around the desk just, like, yeah. kind of curious, and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Actually, it is uplifting for me, but it's probably not uplifting for you guys. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, I think you recently bought Mustang, right? I did. Yeah. How'd you like it? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's just nice that like I I haven't had a new car ever, so it's, mm. it's nice to have a new car. So it's like, oh, I can use Apple Play, and you know, I don't need to gotcha. worry too much about the car breaking down. <laughs> mm. So recently, I mean, I heard of like a, like some a few companies they are doing actually converting a lot of classic cars. Mm-hmm. into electric cars right what do you think about that i mean that's yeah i mean i if they could keep the same power and everything sure that's like i mean i i, I guess i question about the cost of converting versus the cost of just like making a new car but <laughs> yeah i thought i think it's like converting the model like it's still yeah. the company's still building new cars but they're electric cars but they look like they have the same style and design as their retro cars cars, right isn't that right shu like it's not like they're converting old cars no these are actually converting classic night notes night for example a lot of people hate night actually 
Our people actually don't really like the new like Mustang style, right? The Mustang, new Mustangs, right? But our people love like the classic like. 1973 like the pollution, right? The carbon emission is actually during the uh, manufacturing process. So if you can convert like classical cars, old cars, or into electric cars, you actually save a lot of like you know like the carbon emission stuff. So so but right now, yeah, there's a there's a couple of like a uh, place in like London, like in in Britain, in England, and they are doing like converting like classical more like for luxury, right? Because these are classical cars, right? So they were converting them into electric so that way actually it's very easy to maintain it may be probably it might be lost longer because right you can keep these like models so yeah and they of course they strip out the inside and stuff like that to make it more uh, modern a little bit but outside any the form the, the style the model you actually keep it yeah so i'm not sure how they do the converting of the engine but yeah but that's anyway that's they are doing it by a yeah, super Super expensive right now for those like of course the high end like super classic cars right but of course they're gonna trickle down a lot of people are trying to start making it more like every man everyday people is now you can convert in your old I don't know Honda or something <laughs> into electric car so yeah I I don't know I guess I just question like is it that much like like how much more waste is produced just like making uh electric hyundai or whatever it is <laughs> well yeah the maturing man if i'm um, yeah you're right but also right now there's a lot of cars on the road on the road already right if you've made the cost of cheaper of con- just converting it into electric right you don't really need to buy a new car actually you can just convert in whatever your right my 2004 toyota corolla into the electric car and then you know yeah, yeah. No, I mean I'm I'm for it if like if the power of the car like isn't too lost and you know and yeah also if uh you know I mean my like that's my Mustang is what... not of great gas mileage. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's the gas mileage on uh, on your Mustang? I probably can get like I think I can honestly get like 200 miles a tank. Like, but we don't know how big how, your how tank many is. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, well, well, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember to be honest. But it, it's like it's, it's it's twelve maybe. I don't know. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's definitely over ten. So I'm thinking it's like eleven or twelve. So yeah, but it's, you're it's gonna say good. like twenty at least because oh, no, no, a no. lot of modern cars are like hitting like thirty, forty, right? Like modern. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least the yeah. hybrids and stuff, like they're getting mm-hmm. really good. But no, well, no, my mom's car is a Toyota Camry, and we drove that up the coast, and we drove like four hundred, like over just over four hundred miles, and uh, we honestly probably didn't even need to fill it. Like it, it would have, like a single tank probably could have done it. So, yeah. and that's not going to be a big tank in that car. Yeah. So. Yeah. So no. Also, but... have you guys seen a? Uh, 2022 uh, Fork Mustang uh, electric Mac E. Oh yeah, I did see there was a, an electric one. Yeah. What do you think? No, I mean I 
uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I appreciate the move toward electric. It's just, for me, it was just like, it was an affordable car that I liked the look of. And I mean, and I don't drive long distances. So or like, I yeah. basically, you know, I drive like three miles at a time. So I'm not like, yeah, a lot of people actually hate the, like the Mustang, the, new, the electric Mustang. Like mm-hmm. what the hell? It just doesn't look like a Mustang. And oh, why do you call it Mustang? Right. It's just like bad. You, you kind of, a back strategy, like you are almost like diluting the brand of the Mustang. It's just like everybody's like, oh, you know, it's not like, a Taurus or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it just looks terrible. It just doesn't look like a Mustang at all. Yeah, so, I'm looking at it now, and it just seems kind of weird. Like it's just a little tall. It's almost like a yeah, it's just yeah. tall for for like a sporty car, right? Like it's yeah. halfway to like an SUV height from the side profile. And I agree. Like, why wouldn't you just put it so in the yeah same. so so that's that's why you have a, if you have a 1970 or 73 of oh, a classic mustang everybody loves that you know just convert it into electric that would be awesome right just driving around but personally i don't know i kind of like the engine sound of like you know the, <laughs> the combustion engine that when you when you gas to pedal you know look well, i'm as big of a electric vehicle supporter as anyone but i have to admit like combustion engines like when they're tuned well, you know, they sound nice. It's a, it's a nice feeling of, a, you know, hitting the gas and the set, the vibration and the rumble, but that's not worth it. <laughs> it was it to be, uh, to brag a little, I just got a Jeep Ram, Ram Wrangler. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like in the gas model, it's bad. It's not, I think it's like 15 <laughs> gallons, 15 gallons tank. I can go like 300, uh, 300 miles or something. Yeah, it's on the yeah, it's like, line. Yeah. <laughs> I think the gas, I think it's like maybe 15 miles per gallon or something. <laughs> it's oh terrible. But both still, it's worth it. You're I both I killing the environment. You yeah, got out of I... school, you got some money, and then you decide to destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, it's just I just like the way like, when you're on a highway, you won't go fast, and just like, the sound is so nice. right? Yeah, Compared to my Chief like, 2004 Corolla, it's like, doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of something interesting I saw over uh, New Year's that's very related to this show that you can keep in mind, and uh, near my hotel in San Francisco, guess what a regular uh, gallon of gas cost? Oh, $5? $6. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I guess uh, outside San Francisco, because I live outside, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's more like $5 average. And then, right. That's, that's why I go to LA. Yeah. yeah. That's why I go Biden's to Costco. For you. He's yeah. going to make your gas expensive for you. Dang. Yeah, it is. Every, every time I buy, it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, come back to Atlanta. It's three fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. No, I go to Costco, and Costco is like four dollars something. Oh, or okay, ten maybe. Right. So it's but there's a huge line. Everybody tried to go Costco oh, to get gas. Yeah, that's something I that is just mar- yeah. My brother has a Costco near him in Orange County, and it's just like like I've never seen like it's like what the hell's going on? Is there like an accident or something? No, it's a Costco, and it's just like <laughs> there's a million people there. Yeah, so. getting gas. Yeah, because yeah. cheap. The Chick Fil A yeah. of gas and grocery stores. That's all right. So. Are there any other Are, mini topics? No, I think that's good. Okay. Save some more for next time. Yeah. Let's get into your topic, main topic now. All right. So today's main topic is sports and society. I mean, we haven't covered sports very much on this. And 
it's something I'm interested in. I and I and Matt has I think mild interest in shoe. I, well, I guess okay, we did cover martial arts, but I guess when I'm talking sports and society, I'm talking more organized team sports that like mm. would be associated with a city of some kind. Mm. So, um, so, so I guess basically I, I wanted to start just by asking, like, did you grow up watching sports of any kind? Yeah, I, I grew up watching, I guess in middle school, I, my friend introduced me to basketball. The mm. first sport I was exposed to, I really love it. And also I was, I was reading a, a anime, uh, not anime, a manga called, uh, slam slam dunk. It's also basketball, and that really actually inspired me to want to be a, a basketball player. When you and I were uh, 11, 12, right, twelve, thirteen, at uh, twelve, mm-hmm. yeah. So actually, it was a very good uh, manga. So you you guys should watch it too. Actually, it's, it's anime now. You can watch it on YouTube probably called Slam Dunk. Anyway, so yeah, and then and then uh, uh, and then as I get into it, actually, I was watching the NBA's and Michael Jordan was the time was like playing. So it's mm-hmm. like. Just watching him play is like really like just he just really uh like, I don't know inspiring right and how how he how he moves and stuff like that so yeah anyway so yeah and then that's my growing up uh childhood sports experience all right Matt all right watch? I guess I'm the counterpart here because I really didn't uh like I mean obviously I would see stuff on TV sometimes or like watch you know part of the Super Bowl but I found it very not interesting the only time I kind of got semi into watching sports was when college you know for uh you know college football team which is more you know so you could argue there it like adds a lot to the camaraderie and it's more of a social thing where like your friends from college like want to go to the game or watch the game at a party or something but besides for that and then as soon as I left my undergrad that like dropped off immediately again so I'm not really a sports watcher but okay don't you play did you play night volleyball in high school uh, I mean, I did lots of random sports. I did volleyball in junior high. Um, mm. but even the ones I played, I didn't really want to watch people. Like I did tennis through high school. I never mm. really enjoyed watching tennis. Mm. Okay. Well, that was actually my next question is what did you play? Yeah, yeah I played basketball. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I played probably the most like tennis and baseball, uh, in terms of like traditional sports. Mm-hmm. which are both not great spectator sports to be fair <laughs> okay uh, see that oh, is tennis. okay we should play tennis sometime then all right it's been a while since i've played but i think okay you're probably better than me still i i know <laughs> i was never and i formally train you at least you probably have coach that train you kind of i mean there were volunteer high school coaches mostly it's still so better it's, than it's pretty it's pretty lackadaisical but that's fine. well I'm, I'm mostly self-taught so we'll see so your master your tennis coach was a fool is what you're yeah, telling me yeah, exactly anyway what are you saying mike well no so i i guess uh that may so my thesis in all of this is basically that like as social animals, humans need connection and purpose and sports is just one of the avenues like by which they can attain that. So, um, mm. so, so I guess it was interesting because part of what I was thinking about is, so I, I mean, one of the things you like to do, like for, I, I, video games came to my mind when I was thinking about this and Matt in particular, like, because Matt, like, will actually watch, like, do you enjoy watching video games to some degree? 
some more. Yeah. Like I'm not like still not the biggest like esports watching fan, but I've definitely watched more of that or yeah. more inclined to. Okay. I heard a lot of people that are watching it too. And I just like really like cool to see how people and I play it. Yeah, well, I, I guess I was thinking about it because it's like I really enjoy watching like live sports and even sports in video games. I'm not like necessarily opposed to, but like generally speaking, I can't stand watching video games. And mm. like so and I guess part of what I was thinking about is um, so so one of the articles I read talked about like sports just being like in a way sort of like an art like a theater really so essentially like you watch it as a means of making like a human connection so it's like if you like you so you're relate like essentially perspective taking and putting yourself in the players on the field shoes and it's it's a way to like relate so it's much easier if it's something you do so um uh, so do you find like i guess shoe when you were watching michael jordan like were you trying to put yourself in like put yourself in the game or were you uh like was it something that seemed foreign to you i had no idea but you may mm-hmm. you could be right i think i think one article you're saying talking about mirror neurons my my neuron neurons were probably firing all in all cylinders <laughs> was yeah. wasn't michael jordan yeah i guess when i play i try to simulate and i simulate him as well right like doing a you know fadeaway jump shot i which i can never do because it was just too much core right i can't really like <laughs> suspend myself in the air and then just using my core to you know do a knowledge jump so yeah <laughs> no that's that's fair but it's on the stuff now I, I do see while watching him like i guess you know like, it's part of learning right you say like, oh how he moves you know how he like uh fake his opponent and stuff right what kind of strategy he was using yeah part of the enjoyment of learning because i was playing at the same time right so i can learn in part, part of is yeah learning i like, simulating myself in this situation as well yeah Sure. Yeah. And I mean, Matt talked about, so another aspect of this like social connection is yes, I like sports. So not only, uh, so there's camaraderie and watching sports and being part of the team and like having your, you know, we talked about tribalism on a previous episode, so I didn't want to go too much down that path, but like, you know, you have your tribe, you know, with, with your team. But I would also say like, if you're watching something you played, which I feel like, like so you're, one sort of reliving like you know you're making a connection with the athlete like knowing what they're doing but you're also uh sort of i guess there's a nostalgia element like because like when you play sports like a big thing is like the locker room like you know everyone coming together and like building that camaraderie like we're on a team and we're here to win so you can in a way like relive that by watching that culture like represented like in games and stuff so I guess that, uh, so when I, uh, so Matt, like, I guess I'm trying to think, like, is there anything you would say you watch, Matt, or I guess maybe you continue to play video games and, like, there's camaraderie on, like, the teams you're playing with. So maybe it's, like, you're still actively doing it, but. So, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> well, well, I was just thinking about, like, is there something you watch that would be, like, maybe a communal, like, experience? Not right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I no. said, I, I think that... Squid Game, no? Squid Game. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like I said, I think I did that in the past in my undergrad for, you know, our big football team. But, uh, yeah, these days, not really. 
Now, so your, well, go ahead, sure, sorry. Your main thesis was was that the article is same. Send me. You were talking about like what's the theory about like why people watch sports? Like what's the is it because just because for socializing? Like I'm for community. Uh, well, no. So the so no. The article that I sent and like uh, the author of that article also wrote a book that I skimmed, but um, but ba- he claims that there's many different reasons people watch sports. Mm. So I mean, he talks about sports being uh, a distraction sports being um uh, so i mean like just a distraction for the difficulties of day-to-day life he talks about sports being like a nostalgic thing um he talks about sports uh, the sort of yeah the mirror neuron uh, so you know putting yourself in the you you know or on the field of the athlete he talks about sports being like a sort of a bonding experience for people both playing and watching uh, sports being a piece of identity. Um, but I guess what I like, so of the many reasons he lists, like, um, I really view them as rooted in the sense of like, uh, like basically I view them as really like either, uh, social like connection or like meaning, like they can be grouped under those two things. Like human meaning, what's the meaning of sports? Well, that's uh, right. Well, I mean, so I guess people, I don't know if you've watched like, like how many games you've watched with people, but like uh, you can, like people definitely like get pride. Like when Mm. you used to watch the Bulls, like if they called a, you know, a certain play, like, okay, you know, there's Jordan's going to have the ball, uh, you know, just uh, center top of the three point line, like Pippen's going to set a screen and he's going to take a three and they win the game. Like if that's the, if the, you thought like oh that's what they should do and that's what they did, like you have a certain sense of accomplishment. Uh, yeah, I mean even without even even without that, right? Without saying oh you that's what you make the play. I think, I mean people even they identify with the home team. You know, even the team one, you just make you feel good anyway, right? You identify with feel winner. Like you right? won. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. So, uh, so I mean, it does give people purpose. Yes, in a, in a general, uh, sort yeah. of a general sense, but particularly because I mean, think so. It's something you're dedicating time to, right? Yeah. And at the at the games, and and I think so. A piece of that article is sports also is really good at selling people on this. Mm-hmm. Like, so I mean, so re- like I, I mean, I often think so, like if you look at like football stadiums it's almost and i mean i think they even like liken there have been a lot of people who have likened them to like almost like religious services like sports mm. and religion like so the leagues like just like religion gives you purpose right like you're mm. you know you're god, formed in the image of god like you know you're his children if you do what's right you're gonna get into heaven right and sports in many ways like I guess we'll talk about like, if you go to a game, like, well, one athletes, when they win, it's like, Oh, well, it's, you know, we, we have to thank the fans, like without their support, like, you know, we couldn't do it. And at games, it's like all about like, Oh, this is the hardest building to play in. And Mm -hmm. to some extent that's true. I mean, it's like, it's harder for football teams on offense to get play calls. If it's too loud, 
and uh you know the noise can throw off and rattle different quarterbacks and like all these other types of things but i mean really it's not them executing on the field but you know they like sports sells the fans as like an integral part of the game so do you guys have you do you do you guys have any like crazies night I I I meant to look it up, but I forgot. Like, what's the craziest like fan behaviors you ever seen? Like, what's the have you heard of like craziest fan Violence. behaviors? <laughs> yeah, like what what kind of violence are you talking about? Like, I mean, don't like you... European soccer teams sometimes have like many riots between their fans, like mm-hmm. on semi regularity. I feel like I've seen videos where they like start like fighting in the street with like hundreds of people on both sides, and it's like <laughs> it's like this is like a mini war. Over a soccer game, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I have a song. Even a college football, and I, and I, even in college football in the U.S., right? A lot of people, I heard a college night. Like, some college night like, when they let us all the teams coming to play, and then they just like do crazy stuff, like to like you know, like I don't know, to make them feel bad and stuff like that. So, so I guess I, I mean, why people care so much? I guess to make to to you know to to be to commit violence against the others. Right, he's just a, just a game, right? So. It's religion. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what I mean. It's like so. I mean, as I say, like it, it gives you a sense of connection. So, and that I mean that, and really, you can roll it into like one thing, like, and the connections you have help to form your identity. So it's mm. like if if you're in Philadelphia and you're an Eagles fan, and the Giants fans come to your game, it's you know, and the Giants win on a bullshit play that the referees handed them, like, then it's part of your right to, like, hit someone over the head with a bottle. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Is that how it goes? Yes. So, I mean, so, I I mean, it's, yeah. So, I guess it's, uh, so when people, I guess, when, like, people act violently, it's because, I I assume, because they're, like, it's an affront to their identity. Mm. I mean, literally, I mean, I got pretty pissed. Like when I was a kid, I was like an intense Boston sports fan. So when they got eliminated from the playoffs, I was devastated. <laughs> and, and I mean, this was, but I mean, since then, it's like, I like now I don't care nearly as much, but it's a much less integral piece of my identity. Still, describe devastation. Like what happened like, when they lost? Like what did you do? Now did you just go try to kill yourself or stuff like that? I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't try to commit suicide. No, but I no. I was like legitimately like bummed out. Like I was sad for like days. Uh, days. Well, I mean, oh, it's uh, something like I said. Teachers say, like, is something wrong, Michael? And you're like, the fucking Celtics lost. Well, uh, the, I mean, when the Patriots lost, were 18 and 0 and lost in the Super Bowl, like the city of Boston was like in <laughs> mourning. Yeah. So, <laughs> do I you mean, not eat? Do you not eat nice for a couple of days? Well, no, I mean, I would eat, but it's it, it's more just you know. But it's like you're bummed. You know, it's you not are, as devastating as I thought you you were, then. <laughs> You're not a hardcore fan, you know? Yes. Well, no. I mean, there are fans, maybe, who, yes, who... Well. So, yeah, then that brings to a point, actually. And it's all, like, Boston fans that are more hardcore, like, more, like, compared to like, Boston fans, right? They are more, like, what do you call that? Like, more really loving the teams and stuff like that. Compared to Atlanta, right? When the Brave won this year, I don't think anybody really cares. Uh, some people care, but oh, not. No. <laughs> they They cared. Cause like, I, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I know my, like my friend Monish loves, like was super into it, 
and he asked um like every day like i think she's fro- yeah yeah we're here I, she's yeah okay frozen. yeah, yeah. I, i'm saying that i just feel like atlanta fans not compare i mean mm-hmm. relative speaking i care but they relative compared to boston is just not uh doesn't doesn't have different energy right so i was curious like why some place in the fans that care more and then the other place have just care it's not the other right so boston, boston teams win <laughs> that probably <laughs> is a big part but i feel like boston as a city has like a stronger identity you just you know hear people being like i'm from boston more you know or it seems to carry something more than like if someone says they're from atlanta i'm just like oh they lived in atlanta right but you know boston is more like an identity right well boston and i think is this ties town, into right? the sports things like i think mike's you know that i think it's right like people rap sports teams into their identities when they're strong fans right mm-hmm. and you know very much like a religion i've heard that comparison before because it gives them things to do you know things to purchase you know and put place into your house objects of worship you know you know sports fan memorabilia and stuff but yeah. you know you, you wrap it up and you're like i am this fan so you know anyway yeah, no, no. I mean, I think that's a a, a good summary. I mean, but I, I would say Boston is often considered like a town. It's uh, like it, it, its culture is very different than Atlanta. Yeah, so I would agree with Matt that, uh, you know, Boston definitely is like being from Boston is often maybe more of an identity for a lot of people than being from Atlanta. And maybe mm. it is sort of the spread out aspect. And one, a couple of things like, yeah, I mean, Boston teams over the last 30, well, since 2000, I guess two was when, so I mean, it's coming up on 20 years. Boston's has had a very long run of good sports. So a lot of people like, you know, when your team's winning, it's easy to watch. And the mm-hmm. more you watch, the more people you meet or the more, like the more people are watching and like you build more of a relationship around that. And, uh, so, and the more time you dedicate to it, so it becomes more and more part of you. So, yeah. Yeah. Winning definitely helps encourage to have more fans. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking, Ooh, I was going to do a fun little anecdote about the saints, uh, football team, which y'all may not know historically, not a great football team. At one point, a few decades ago, they were (laughs) so bad for a while. People started wearing brown paper bags over their heads at the football games as like a joke that they're like embarrassed to be a saints fan so they're gonna hide their face so it became this like you know i would call it a meme now but at the and they time, still they, they still went to the game yeah they went to the game and wow. they put their brown paper bag over their head to hide their identity because they're ashamed the owner money but... <laughs> well they're still fans they're just ashamed of their identity now but yeah. they still have the identity you know that's true that's true yes i i had heard that before but that because i mean oftentimes like the bruins i've only seen the bruins win one stanley cup and they were always my favorite team and a lot of people hate the owners of the bruins because they're cheap Mm. they will not keep superstar talent and so a lot of people would say like do not go to bruins games because (laughs) like because that's a way to like hurt the owner like Mm. So uh yeah, same uh, thing with the New York Knicks, right? Everybody yeah. hates the the owner. Yes, yeah, yeah. Shoes frozen again, but uh yeah, no. The owner of the New York Knicks is hated for many reasons. He threw out 
Like he, like a fan, like literally like told him to like fuck himself, like when he was at a game or something. And he like literally threw the fan out and banned him for life. And it's like, you're a billionaire. What a a bitch move. Like, come on. Yeah. If you're a billionaire who owns the team, who cares what a single fan says? Just let him like, you should just laugh that off. (laughs) Like, whatever. Yeah, no. And he's in a bit like the guy, the owner of the New York Knicks is just like an insecure douche, uh, like allegedly. I I don't know if I could be sued for saying that, but uh, so, uh, but he, uh, like he's in a band. And he literally, like, when the Eagles played at Mad, like, because he owns Madison Square Garden, too. So when the Eagles played Madison Square Garden, he had his band open for them. Nice. Yes. Mm. So. Was, is the band good? Did you listen? Uh, the, some of the songs are, like, it's enjoyable for maybe I don't think so. Right he, reasons. He, he's <laughs> amateur, so I don't think he's any good. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Speaking of, like, Sport and I, uh, I guess the Boston and Atlanta just remind me of the, what do you call that? Oh, uh, Georgia and Alabama again. Uh, oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. College football championship. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, uh, it's irrelevant. I like, I do. So, irrelevant? Well, again, growing up in Boston, like, see, like, in the South, I would contend that, like, basically colleges, like, and specifically college sports is, like, an integral part of many, many, many people's identities. Mm-hmm. In the North, we don't have good college sports except for hockey. And, mm. like, and really it's all, like, you know, it's basically BUBC, like, uh, Minnesota. It's, like, uh-huh. a handful. It's sort of, like, a handful of teams. But, like, hockey is, like not as big as football but mm. so it, it, in the north we don't have college sports basically like we have hockey mm. and that's it because mm. bc hasn't won anything meaningful in forever and they're like the best team in boston for college sports so got you this is why the sec always wins football yeah so the party schools too right <laughs> yes. yeah i mean i guess again those like yeah if you're partying like sports is like a easy thing to sort of watch and bond over so mm-hmm. mm. i remember playing you know i remember playing in high school and now i watch this person play so. mm. have, have you guys seen the uh, ted lezo say that again <laughs> I, I you, guys haven't, you haven't seen ted lezo i don't know what that is <laughs> Oh, it's a it's an Apple TV. It's a TV show actually. It was a it's about American like football coach go to uh, England to coach uh, real football. <laughs> and yeah, it's actually during the pandemic. It was on the like Wall Street Journal or New York Times that like, doing like episode summaries almost like every week or something about it. Sounds it was, kind of interesting. Yeah, because so it's, it's on actually Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, it's that, Apple TV. Apple TV actually only only like five dollar a month, so you can probably afford it. And he has a very good content. I could afford content. it. I'm <laughs> not gonna pay for it. Well, it, you can do one week trial, but it's, <laughs> actually it's a pretty uh, Apple TV has pretty good content. Anyway, so Ted Lasso is one of the like before Squid Game. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso was in the Squid Game. <laughs> basically. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, clearly very... it didn't get as big, didn't get as big as Squid Game, but yeah, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, it's pretty big, but yeah, but 
yeah, anyway, I watched it. It was quite enjoying, enjoyable too. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah, you, you guys should watch it. It's about sports and anyway, comedy too. So, yeah. It does sound like it could be kind of funny having like American and European sports culture clash, but yeah, yeah. I'll just pirate it. <laughs> Screw Apple. <laughs> so why you, you pirate? There's no point in pirating anymore because you take so much work. You need to pirate it. And also, you're going to get a lot of these virus on your computers. Is it worth it, really? In the modern age, it is extremely easy to pirate things. Oh, sure. $5 a month. What's that? What's that <laughs> per day for you? I think it takes, it would be more effort to sign up for the service, even if it was free, than it would take for me to pirate it. That's the <laughs> truth of the matter in these days. I won't share details you know to be a good citizen and not spread (laughs) how to do crime but you know that's just how it goes (laughs) all right anyway all right well that's mike well all right so i guess we've covered sports as a sense of identity talking about sports then should we ban football because of traumatic brain injury your opinion Go, no, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because you're not playing it. <laughs> no, well, no. Okay, so CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So, oh wow, that's right. he knows that. He knows the acronym. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So uh, there's many people. So like for example, Aaron Hernandez, uh, former Patriot tight end, uh, who killed someone for like uh, I, I believe the story was he someone stepped on his shoes in a club so he murdered them uh, <laughs> like he uh also killed himself in prison um so he had a particularly horrible case of cte and there's speculation about athletes and like you know junior Seau dealt with horrible depression and so, sh- sh- uh, shot himself in the chest to donate his brain to science so it is a pretty pervasive problem uh i am more maybe on board with the uh like delaying of kids starting in football more so than like just getting rid of football so like a lot of these players have been playing since they were like pretty small children and like you know they've been getting their bell rung you know that was sort of the old way of saying getting a concussion uh like since they were pretty small kids and it's like really the repeated injury that i think i mean Granted, one concussion is, yes, going to do something, but it's the repeated injury, I think, that causes people to be, like, depressed and, like, uh, volatile. Yeah. But what about, what about rugby, though? Rugby, how how, did, how can you don't have a similar situation in rugby? Because in rugby, now you don't wear any protected gears, right? Exactly. Just, like... well, well, that's so, the key. <laughs> yeah, so I think the idea is, since you have a nice helmet in football, like, people are willing to, like, dive in you know head first on stuff mm. while with rugby it's like you won't hit you try to avoid hitting anything with your head because it'll hurt much more it's kind of an instance of mm. protection sometimes can make uh. things worse because you're not uh acting as safe and then the mm. protection gets like an illusion of safety it's similar to it's very similar to boxing versus mma right yeah. yeah so boxing you have larger gloves and there's like a whole system where if you hit someone and they fall down you know the ref gives them a chance to stand up and count and stuff and at the surface this seems much safer than mma where when someone like you know tiny gloves and if someone gets elbowed in the face and falls over the guy 
jumps on top of them and starts trying to like beat their head in, right? That seems mm-hmm. much more savage and brutal, but it's actually way safer because boxing is like, oh, you had like a minor concussion from being hit really hard. We're going to give you just enough time to semi-recover so you can be punched in the head again. While in uh, MMA, it's like, you know, it's just, you know, it's not the repeated thing. It's like, it gets over fast. You, you know, if you actually take a hard hit, that's probably it. Mm, got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. What do you get, so... Mike? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. I just got Uber Eats because I have CrossFit after this. And so I want to Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, so I think, I mean, I'm not an expert on this. I'm, I know less about football, but I think the idea is, like, the helmet encourages them to, like, continuously, like, you know, hit stuff uh, with their head. Mm. And if yeah. you did rugby style, I've heard that as a solution. People, like, go to, like, rugby things where they wear, like, a very, very thin uh like or or like the old school like thin leather helmets that's like and just means you can't just headbutt something but it you know stops the worst of the injuries Mm. right because i mean in like when it comes to like essentially it's your like brain like rattling right (laughs) Mm -hmm. so like if you're even if you're in a helmet like if you hit with enough force you're you're still gonna get movement (laughs) so yeah you're stopping you right yeah yeah but yeah. like it's possible a tackle without you know head first right like where you try to you know bring people down by wrapping them up or like you know getting your shoulder into them and stuff right mm. but you know professionals are going to prioritize what's most effective you know yeah. if it doesn't you know and if there's a potential of long-term down the line accumulated mm. injury that's not easy to like kind of realize in the moment right when you're like i need to win this game mm. right so yeah. instead of getting a move football why don't you go back to like that without the gears and stuff would it be i guess would it be less fun and people will still will still be watching so to be so. fair it does it does look cool when someone just like dives straight into someone right so it probably would be a little less fun <laughs> but i'm sure people would get over it i don't know mm. well i mean i will say like with the current nfl like people like a lot of purists and again this is probably because like this is the way i played or whatever but like they will say like oh it's becoming like a soft league like because the NFL is like in the last 10 plus years they've really focused on protecting quarterbacks because quarterbacks are like the money makers mm-hmm. so uh they yeah so any type of like late contact on a quarterback like after they've gotten rid of the ball or any head contact to a quarterback it's uh yeah like it's a penalty and you know fines or whatever um so yeah, so the a lot of people have said like it softens the league. It's uh, you know, and it's not as good of a game as it used to be. So you know, they they keep seeing Tom Brady get older, and they're like, this guy makes us so much money, we can't have him getting hurt. That's right. But they're like, he's forty now. We need more rules. All right, two hand touch on the quarterback now. <laughs> he's forty. I thought he's forty three or something. Yeah. I don't know his exact age. I'm not a Boston fan, okay? Ask Mike. Oh, no. He, he is. For, well, it's Tampa fan now. He, yeah, he's 43 or 44. That's right. That's yeah. right. He left. So does does he – do you not like Tom Brady anymore because he's Tampa now? No. I mean, I still – I would say I root for the Patriots first. But if it's like mm. if it's Tampa and anyone other than New England, I would root for Tampa. Got you. So is Boston in general like that? Are they like, oh, you know, you played for us for a long time. We still like like you, you know? I would say it's certainly last year where the Patriots were not really a contending team. 
and he was on a contending team, I think a lot of them still rooted for him because like the Patriots literally had sucked forever, like before he was on the team. And then they were, you know, premier franchise for his whole 20 years. So, uh, yeah, so I think a lot of the city was like, yeah, we'll root for Tom no matter what. And I think that's still the case, but particularly last year. So mm. Interesting. So All I right. know LSU had a coach named Nick Saban once, and then he left and went to their big rival, Alabama. Yeah. And people in Louisiana did not feel that way. They felt personally betrayed and would often <laughs> refer to him as Nick Satan instead of Nick Saban. <laughs> uh, very upset. Maybe it was a difference in how long, and there's some maybe going to arrival much mm. earlier, you know, versus right. like giving them enough championships to you know to feel like they really he really like paid his dues or whatever. But right. interesting how that goes. Well, I mean, I think it's also a rival situation, right? I mean, because like the Red Sox had Johnny Damon during their 2004 World Series one, which was the one that broke the curse of the Bambino and everything. And uh, so it was, they won their first World Series in like 86 years. And he subsequently, I don't remember if it was the next year or not. I think it was probably a couple of years. Like he went to the Yankees. And uh, and I think there was more bl- bad blood there. Like there was no, like like no way the fans were going to be rooting for the Yankees or rooting for him. Like, I mean, I, they, so I, I think that... Uh, Maybe the hatred you described was a little bit less because he had helped them break that curse, but and they actually like won the World Series with him. But uh, but there certainly wasn't like the goodwill that Tom Brady has. But um, mm, Tom okay. Brady is also the goat, so <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> you mean he? I think his his motto is that no cheating, no championships. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know a lot of people just like have a passionate hate for like tom brady too and i as i i really don't understand that. i mean he, he i mean i the fact that i just i admire him because of his like, longevity basically right? he's still playing like, like 43 44 you know but yeah a lot of people just hate him with like passion it's like that's that's something about that but uh, anyway so I guess the last question for you, Mike, is like, I think you, you you say the main topic is sports and society. So what what society point that you want to make about sports and society? What's what's the what what's what's what is the society part you want to talk about? Well, yeah, so well I mean I mean sports I think it very much is like a religion. Like it's I mean it's mm. I, so it's and I think there's lots of I guess activities that could be uh, could be likened to religion, but I mean, re- I guess the lar- with sports it's much easier to see just because like on Sundays there's stadiums with or Saturdays and Sundays there's stadiums with hundreds of thousands of people like literally dressed together doing the same like movements together and like it, it and and really like making what they're witnessing like part of their identity like throughout mm. the week. Mm. So, um, and they, and they literally like, you know, what's the word proselytize, like to Mm -hmm. like people like, oh no, like the Patriots are the best football team in the NFL. Like I can't be Mm -hmm. friends with people who aren't Patriots, like, um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, and they, they, and 
they talk about the games like almost like it's like a bible story right Mm. you Uh, you got your traditions you got your mythos from past greats of your team and stuff right and i think anything that's like a super uh or any hobby that you like make part like i mean you know so for me it could be like trying like doing comedy like you know, like my theater friends and I sit around and like we talk about like, oh, that scene was, you know, like so great, like great because of X, Y, Z or, you know, really funny or remember this, remember that. Like, so there's the stories that like build the, uh, so I guess, yeah. Yeah. Initiation, like you're talking about division. So I feel like, the, I mean, the society actually in this case, division actually is good for society. I mean, and it's not good for society. It's good for the money making NFL, right? Like more, you are more, when the fans are more divisive, you divide out on the fans basically, right? Intentionally, right? And when they are more divisive, then there's a more difference and people are more passionate about it. I identify with the team. And then the NFL actually make a lot of money from it because of so in this case, actually like it's in the best interest of NFL to divide the people right so actually in this division actually it's a good for the whatever the money even for like economic sense right it's good people spend more money you know it's, it's good for society i guess you know well <laughs> in yeah, this well, situation of that division right well we talked Example, about yeah, i mean yeah. we talked about on the tribalism episode that like like division is a natural piece of like like how we think like that was the thesis of the tribalism mm. episode that essentially like the us versus them mentality is a natural one. It's just how, what lines do we divide ourselves across? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so sports and sports teams is one line. So that, so when we say make, uh, make sports part of our identity, like the us becomes Patriots fans, Falcons fans, and the them becomes the other 31 teams. So. So it's just like, so, I mean, I think a critical piece of our identities is like what, like, I mean, what is an identity other than like what, like what groups we associate ourselves with, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you can't have an identity without people who aren't part of that identity, right? Like there has to be the other that you're differentiating from, or it doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. In this case, sports makes that very easy because it's the other team with the wrong colors. Right. Exactly. So apparently so. she hated my comment. He just walked out. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean, it's, I mean, essentially that's the, the point, which I mean, is, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of the topics we cover, like the points may like under the points underlying them may be similar or very related, but yeah, we really got this identity tribalism thing. We're pushing it into a lot of areas these days. Is this, if we if we ever summarized you know the Junto Club after a while, I'd be like, how do humans work? We'll just be like, they're all just groupthink, you know? Yeah, identities yeah. making you do stuff, and life is meaningless. And <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So. All, all right. right. Cl- glad I... to have you back, Shu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did your Uber Eats just arrive as well? <laughs> no. Right, I just well. need to use the restroom. So yeah, I think I mean, I guess it's good. It's a good time and place to end. I guess my might need to go eat stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I'll scarf down my food and go to mm. CrossFit. Any last comments? I guess. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, not really. Uh, okay. What are we doing uh, we'll next, week? Be, next week? <laughs> I don't know if we know yet. We'll have to t- figure that out. Okay. No, I think it's Matt. Are you doing something next week? Yeah, I think it'd be me, but I don't know what topic I'm going to do. So I have but, to figure it well, out. Well, if not, then might have another topic, right? Uh, we will need a plan that around. I want Jake to be on that one because he knows. So my next topic, whenever it happens, will be K-pop. But K-pop, K-pop. <laughs> yes. Okay. So all right, interesting. All right. So yeah, let me know if we do anything next week. I guess next weekend I'll be actually going to be in Atlanta. So okay, mm-hmm. going to be Eastern time for me as well. So very good. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to end the recording here. So I guess our sign off will be people are groupthink and life is meaningless. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> impressive. Okay. Junto Club. <laughs>